small stage, but good people. Uh, hey, good morning, everyone. We're glad that you're here today. My name's Chris, and uh, we're in the middle of a series called Unleashed. And uh, if this is your first Sunday with us, don't worry. It's not one of those things where uh, you'll get caught uh, behind or left out. And also for our first steps class, you can take that at any time. So uh, we have a celebration that works at nine, uh, that meets at nine, and so. Uh, 10.45 uh, next week. If you want to be a part of that, that'd be great. Well, uh, today we're going to talk about a topic that is really exciting for me. It's called Unleashed to Grow. And uh, I really believe that every single person uh, wants to grow. Every person wants to thrive. Every person wants to reach their full potential to fulfill their purpose that God has for their life. Um, But in the midst of all this, sometimes we don't know how to get there. We don't know what maybe the next step is. Well, today I'm really excited uh, to have a couple of good friends of mine who have grown incredibly over this past year uh, as they've taken some steps. And uh, I want you to hear their story. So if you would, please uh, join me in welcoming uh, Bob and Jen Tuck. Just like a wonderful woman that Jen is, she reminded me they need a microphone. So, Okay, well, hey guys, we're uh, glad that you're here and you're willing to kind of share your story uh, with us uh, this morning. And uh, Bob, why don't you kind of begin by sharing with us a little bit uh, what uh, your spiritual background was like and uh, how that was, uh, how, how, how your spiritual life was growing up. Okay, uh, well, I grew up in a home that believed in God. I turned to church as a child. Uh, as I became a teenager, I, you know, became too cool for, for church and started to slack off, you know, and then I started to hang out with the wrong crowd, fell into peer pressure, began to party all the time. Uh, after high school, got a job, continued to party on the weekends, still hung out with the same wrong crowd. So I get a theme going, party kind of ruled your life at that point. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's, that's about right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jen, how about for you? What was your spiritual background uh, kind of like growing up? Like Bob, I grew up in a family that, you know, went to church. They were 11. But then there was something bad that happened to me as a child. Um, I was molested by my step-grandfather, and that just kind of basically changed my life. For the worse, um, I thought, you know, why did this happen to me? And then I became a te- teenager, um, where, you know, I felt like damaged goods. My trust level was at an all-time low. I hated myself and the people around me. Um, I started to party all the time, um, became promiscuous, um, got into drugs, and then I think I was doing that self to myself just by, like, shielding myself to just forget about the pain that I had, that I went through. Um, I had no self-respect. You know, I was a lost teenager, basically. Yeah. So this painful event kind of happens at age uh, 12. And then uh, you both are kind of on these tracks of just partying, living life to the fullest, uh, in your 20s, kind of doing your own thing. 
And but eventually, Bob, you kind of got connected with her. Uh, and so can you kind of share how that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was living life to the fullest. <laughs> and then one day I got a call from uh, from a best friend and he uh, he asked if I'd be best man in his wedding. And I said, you know, I'd be honored. Uh, and he informs me that it's in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And he wanted to know if on my way through uh, through Indiana, if I'd stop in Lawrenceburg, Indiana and pick up uh, his wife's cousin, who is also a bridesmaid uh, in the wedding. And I thought, well, a little uncomfortable. And, you know, I mean, it, I thought, why would she rather ride with a stranger than drive herself until I rode with her later on in the car? I realized, you know, what <laughs> well, that was all about. Uh, what was that all about, actually, Bob? <laughs> uh, she's, she's a better backseat driver than she is in the front seat. <laughs> well, uh, I thought this is going to be a little awkward, you know. I mean, we didn't know each other. I pick her up, and it's a six-hour drive one way to Gatlinburg. And uh, it was a little awkward, but we... We talked and honestly didn't really hit it off at first, you know. I mean, but over over the course of the trip, she fell victim to my charms, and I finally got the got the uh, courage to ask her out on the on the trip home. And 15 years later, here we are. So the stud meter was like kicking in, right? I mean, that was kind of the way it was there. Um, so, uh, Jen, uh, you guys uh, start dating, uh, you get married, and then. What kind of uh, what kind of took place next? Well, I just want to say he was a blessing in disguise uh, because I was heading down the wrong path. But other than that, you know, we we lived our lives together. Really, didn't change all that much. Um, we just kept. So God's lives. still not really kind no. of at the center. Okay. No. Um, you know, we just kept living in the moment. We weren't bad people, but didn't really have a purpose in our life. Um, so we tried the material, material route, you know, we bought our first house and cars and, you know, got a dog. Um, Everybody gets a dog when you buy a house, you know <laughs> what I mean? So. Um, that really didn't fill our happiness, um, so we started a family. Um, we have two beautiful girls, Jenna and Presley. Um, we put all our focus and attention on them and tried to tried them to be the center of our lives, um, but even then, with two little beautiful little girls, the emptiness was still there. Um, we just felt like there was something else that we needed in our lives. Yeah. So you kind of live the American dream. I mean, you you get together, you um, you know buy a home, you have a car, you have a dog, two beautiful kids, but there still felt like there was something that's kind of missing. And so, what kind of happened next uh, within that, Bob? Well, our oldest daughter Jenna, she got close to uh, got close to being ready to go to school, so we sent her. We enrolled her into a Christian preschool. Uh, even though we didn't go to church or live a Christian lifestyle, we wanted what was best for uh, both, you know, best for our children, and uh, we wanted them to connect with God and be successful. Well, eventually we began to see, uh, you know, the person that Jenna was blossoming into and the way that Christ was influencing everything that she would do, uh, you know, in, in, in her life, the little songs she would sing, things that she would talk about, just, you know. Uh, and that's when I really began to feel God's pull in my life and that, you know, maybe there was a void that really needed to be filled and uh, started to realize that maybe this connection that Jenna had with Christ was what we were missing in our relationship. Yeah. 
So uh, a child shall kind of lead them, and so you're filling this pole a little bit. And then I know with you, uh, Jen, that you went to church with your parents one day, and you really kind of had a spiritual experience. Yeah, um, I did. I was at my family's house for the weekend, and my mom really wanted to, me to go to church with her, and you know, I was kind of hesitant. I really didn't want to go, but I went for the kids, and there at church, um, I just kind of broke down. I mean, I was crying, and it was really kind of embarrassing. I, that's where I felt like I needed to be in, the, in my life. Um, so I started to do some research, and I had remembered Bob's cousin had posted something on Facebook about JAR. Um, so I got connected here. Um, the teachings here really connected with me. Um, I got and it was when I was teaching, actually. Yeah, of oh, course. <laughs> you know, there's other people that teach at the JAR, so sometimes I'm... Concerned. Um, I got involved with dark kids. Um, I even signed up to get baptized. But that's where I had a bump in the road. Um, in class, Chris had asked us that we needed to for- forgive somebody that had, you know, hurt us. And I knew who that person was, and I was not going to forgive him. I mean, whatsoever. Um, but you know, I started praying, um, started reading the Bible, and came to realize that I needed to forgive him, to forgive myself, because I was, you know, in this, I just, I had to, I mean. I and it was kind of a, because I remember that point of the story, uh, the guy who had molested you, we talked about forgiving, and you did the first class session, but then after that, you kind of. Yeah, I, I didn't finish that. I went to that first class, but that's when I, I, I didn't come back. Um, yeah, I, I kind of quit, <laughs> but that's when I, you know, started praying and I forgave him. And then, you know, I finally did get baptized. Um, that's when God began to grow on me. I started reading scriptures and Chris taught about forgiveness and he just showed me how to forgive. So yeah, one of the cool stories, we didn't have enough time to put everything in, but um, when she was going through this whole process, she spent two days uh, in her ho- in a room in your house uh, just crying and, and really fighting God on being able to forgive the person uh, who had molested her. And she came out of that uh, two-day experience and had totally forgiven him. And I was trying to convince him, I think, both like, you know, forgiveness is a process. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. And she's like, no. I came out of that room, I forgave him. I'm, I'm not carrying anything anymore. And so I just want you guys to know that the power of what forgiveness does. So, so Bob, Jen's growing and the kids are growing. What are you doing, you know? Um, what's the process that's going on in your mind? Um, I'm still at idle at that point. And I was, uh, as Jen and the girls were going to church and developing their relationship with God, uh, you know, I work, I just wasn't, I'm, I'm, I work for the railroad. Uh, most weekends I'm out of town or, or I don't get in until, like, early hours of the morning, 5, 6 a.m., stuff like that. Um, and there was just no way that I was going to go listen to some goofy guy talk about God. You know, I just... <laughs> but, but the girls... My wife says that a lot, too. You, know? <laughs> you, you get that a lot, huh? <laughs> but, uh, but they kept coming, and I could see... Uh, I could see changes in Jan and the girls that were just amazing and uh 
after after Jen had been going to the jar for a few weeks, she told me that Chris and Jennifer wanted to uh, wanted to meet up with us for dinner and uh, meet our family, which really meant a lot to Jen and I. And uh, after that dinner, that tug that God was giving me to get into church was just overwhelming. Uh, he was telling me, "Hey, man, it's time to get on the ball," you know. So I uh, I came to the jar to see what you know what the jar was all about. And uh, after that first Sunday, God had uh, touched my life. And so I came back the next week and felt his touch again. And, and uh, one time, as you you know, you're asking people to accept Christ into their life, I did, and uh, was finally on the growing paths. And you know, everything is doing great. We've we've been growing ever since. Yeah, cool, cool. So um, you keep taking uh, kind of these steps of uh, growth and. Um, Something happened uh, this past fall for the two of you, and uh, maybe you can share about that, Jen, and just kind of what steps you've been taking. Yeah, I got baptized. Um, I started reading the Bible. Who else got baptized? My husband. (laughs) (laughs) We got pictures there that's really, really cool. Um, Praying as a family. Um, I've been serving in Jar Kids, and we're just really looking forward to the new year and just growing with Christ. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I know this story uh, has impacted you guys as it did me. And so would you just give them a hand uh, for sharing that with them? Now, that is a fantastic story, isn't it? And uh, the question really becomes then, well, is their spiritual journey over? I mean, uh, just think about it. They said, Jesus, I want you in my life. They prayed a prayer. They got baptized. They said, hey, we want you to change us. And the question then really becomes, so is, are, are Bob and Jen done changing now? You know, Jesus, his final parting words, kind of the most important words that he gave before he ascended back to heaven to be with his father, after being raised from the dead, uh, he said these words. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and be my disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the reality is that Bob and Jen did that. They became followers of Christ. They became became baptized. And the question is, are they done? Well, Jesus continues on in that, and he says this, and teaching them to obey, what's the next word? What is it? To obey everything I have commanded you. You know, it is so fantastic when people choose to say, I want the amazing grace of God to be in my life. It's a fantastic moment when people say that I want to become baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says that that is just kind of a beginning process point. The journey is at a beginning point at that time. There is a lifetime of transformation That's ahead. And Jesus said, teach my followers 
everything that I've commanded you. And why? Why do we do that? So that Bob and uh, Jen can get real spiritually smart and uh, they can, you know, quote a hundred scripture verses and they can pull out their Bible and let you know what it means. Is, is that why? No. Jesus is saying, I want to teach them, not so that they become Mr. and Mrs. smarty-pant Bible people. No. He doesn't do it just so that we grow more in knowledge of God. Jesus says, you teach them that so that they can be transformed. So that they can be turned upside down. That they can have a 180 degree change in their life. That they become a new person in Christ. And that they begin to to love like Jesus did. And they're able to give away joy like Jesus did. And they're able to have uh, fruits in their life like peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You see, when Bob and Jen prayed, and when you pray, and when I pray, and when we say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I need you to change me. There is an immediate transaction that happens. As you reach up to God, God reaches down to you and says, you are my child now, and it's like your ticket gets punched for heaven. But also, he says, now you're placed on a spiritual journey of transformation for the rest of of your lives. You see, Bob and Jen, they grew up in the church, but it really wasn't until this last year, until they really started investigating and trying to figure out exactly who is this God and who is he to me. And maybe some of you are there this morning. Maybe some of you are here this morning and you're just exploring this whole God thing. It's a great place to be. But there came a day for Bob and Jen when they said, we're not exploring anymore. The day came in which they said, we encountered the cross and we said, I want Jesus in my life. I want him to change me. And then they started some first steps and they talked about that. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. Maybe this isn't an exploring phase, but you're trying to ask, you know, what's my next step? I'm connecting to God. I'm, I'm open to what he wants to do, but I don't know where to go. And then after that, the process comes in which you become a growing Christian. And you say, you know what? I'm going to self-feed on the Bible. I'm going to be a self-feeder. I'm going to read it for myself. I don't need Bunch to tell me about the Bible. I can do it myself. And you start praying, maybe daily, and you start using your gifts to serve other people. You look outside yourself. And then finally, though, and people hit this point, they hit a point where they say, God, I love you, and I love people, and I want you to know that I am totally surrendered to you, God. Whatever you want to do in my life, whatever area you want to do it in my life, I am totally surrendered to you. And friends, I'm no different than Bob and Jen, and you're no different than them. I need Jesus Christ, and I need him to change my life. It's their story, but the reality is they're just sharing all 
of our stories. And the question then becomes, what does Bob and Jen do now to grow in their journey? What do you do to grow in your journey? Well, there are two essential things that I think everybody needs if you're going to grow in your spiritual journey. Two key tools. And the first tool is this, a spiritual growth plan. You need a spiritual growth plan. Now, let me see if I can uh, demonstrate this for you by putting it into another area of our lives. How many of you, by a, a show of hands, have ever been a part of a fitness club, a health club, the Y? How many of you have ever been a part of some physical fitness? Okay, good. Quite a few of you. Now, how many of you have belonged to one nine or ten different times before? Don't raise your hand, okay? It's a new year. You don't have to be guilty, you know? Yeah, different times where uh, we said, hey, I'm going to belong. But, you know, just to say that I belong to a health club or the Y or some physical uh, physical fitness place doesn't really cut it. I mean, you can be a member of something, but if you never do anything about it, if you never go there, then it doesn't do much good. Others of you, I know you. You work out maybe several times during a week, and you get to the workout place, and you're like overwhelmed by all of the options that you can choose. I mean, there are treadmills and there are stair step climb. You can see I don't do that one. Stair climbers and elliptical machines. There are stationary bikes and spin classes and Zumba. There are free weights and machine weights and a swimming pool and saunas and steam rooms. I mean, there are hundreds of options. There are hundreds of options to hurt yourself. And what happens often is you go into one of these places and you start wandering around and you say, well, I'll spend 10 minutes on this machine and, hey, that one over there looks pretty good. And so you go over to that one and you do 10 minutes there and then you go to this other one you're like, oh, that one looks good. And then you go over to this one and then you're like, oh, the line's pretty long on that one, so I'll just skip that and I'll go to the water cooler or the water fountain and get a quick drink. And then Joe comes up and starts talking to you or Sally comes up to start talking to you, and next thing you know, 30 minutes have passed, and you're like, "Woo, what a workout. Now, what you need in that experience is you need a personal workout plan. Something that is based upon your weight, upon your size, upon your goals, upon your age, based upon your physical journey. And we here at the JAR are understanding with more clarity than we ever had before that we need to create a way in which all of you can have a customized spiritual growth plan for your life. And we're looking at technology right now of how we can use technology that will give you help, that can send you a text or an email or or things to check out. And... This isn't going to happen overnight. We know that. But we really have some strong goals, hopefully even maybe by the fall, that we'll be engaged with something that every single person 
that comes to the jar will have a spiritual workout plan, books to recommend, things to suggest to you, and ways to help you to grow. And we're working hard to do that. So this past year, we thought maybe one of the first steps that we should do is we should have someone on staff who their entire goal is, is to champion growth. And we hired Emily Scoglin, who you saw talk about small groups earlier. And Emily's done a great job, and she has a a team called the Discipleship Pathway Team, and they're working together on helping people to understand what is my next step so that I can grow. So let's just kind of show you at least where we're at with our spiritual growth plan now until we work on some of the technological things. Here's our spiritual growth plan. First of all, when you first come here, we have a next step for you. Some of you might be like, serious? Like, I'm here for the first time. I don't need any steps. Sharon, if you could bring that bag to me that's right there uh, real quick. Uh, Sharon talked about this so well. Let's give Sharon a hand. Did she do a good job there? You know, Sharon, Vanna is getting old. You might be the next, Vanna. You never know. But anyways, uh, if you're new today, we have a gift for you. That's what your next step is. You go right over there to Guest Connections, and we have a bag. And inside this bag, ooh, look at that. There's a nice coffee mug just for you. And we have one of the jar CDs that everyone else is not going to get until the 27th. So you are really important. And then we have a whole packet of what your next steps are so that you can grow. Now, let me just say this. If you've been here for a while, but you feel slighted because you didn't get your bag, get over it, okay? We're not giving you a bag. You got plugged in when we didn't have bags, but now we have them. So if you are here for the first time, it'll only take you two minutes, but just go over there, get a bag, and uh, enjoy that. But let's say, hey, you know what? I've been here for several weeks or several months, and I didn't get a bag, but I'm not mad about it, you know what I mean? Or if you didn't, I guess they will give you one, but we know who you are. So. <laughs> and so you're here, and you're like, okay, I've been checking this out. It feels good, but what's my next step? Well, the next step that we have for you is our first step class that is meeting right now. Now, some of you are like, well, I might have done it, but I didn't know it was meeting. Well, that's okay. Don't freak out. Next week, it'll meet again at 1045. And you're like, yeah, but I don't want to miss church. Well, come at 9 o'clock. Just set it up just a little bit earlier, and you can come and be a part of that class. And we want to help people. It, it, it's not a confusing thing. You know what first steps is? Your first steps of understanding who Jesus is and what does it mean to be a Christian. And what are first steps in understanding who is the jar and where are we going. Okay, now some of you uh, might have that, but you're like, okay, I'm just a little bit more introverted. I'm not so much ready for a group of people. And uh, we have something for you. In fact, this is for everybody. Um, We have what is a five-minute Bible reading uh, plan for you. Just five minutes a day that you can do, and you can go to the resource table, and uh, we have free Bibles there, and we have a reading plan uh, for anyone that wants to. Just five minutes a day 
for you to grow and to work through that. Because one of the things that I've learned as a pastor is that as people start growing closer to God, one of the things that they get intrigued about is that they want to know more about the Bible. And typically what happens, though, is that people go and they get their Bible from Aunt Clara. And Aunt Clara has been praying for you forever. And Aunt Clara gives you this Bible. And honey, it's going to change your life. And so you open it up and you don't know anything about the Bible, but it says King James Version. And you're like, that sounds cool. And then you start reading it and you're like, this is a foreign language to me. You know why? Because it is a foreign language. We don't talk that way now. They did in the 1600s. They don't now. But you say, hey, I'll plug through this. And you open to the first chapter, which is Genesis. And you start reading it. And even though the language is a little bit weird, you feel pretty good about it. And you're like, all of a sudden you see the creation of the heavens and the earth. And there's light. And there's darkness. And they create man. And then they create woman. And there are naked people running around. And you're like, this isn't so bad. And then all of a sudden, they get to the garden, you know. And uh, they're at the garden. And they eat the fruit. And there's a snake. And there's a serpent. And you're feeling all excited about everything. And then God jumps in the midst of it. And He sets up a plan to restore every human being so that they'll never have to worry about sin again by going in and saying, your sin will not kill you. I will give a restoration plan. But then you get to Genesis chapter 5, and this is what it says in the King James. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years. And he begot sons and daughters. And Seth lived 105 years. And he begot Enos. And Enos lived 90 years. And he begot Canaan. And Canaan lived 70 years. And he begot Methalel. And wow, 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 wow. And most people, when they get to that point, at least it was my experience, I'm done. I don't want to read that. Can anyone relate? Okay. And so we realized that we want to help you guys to be able to grow spiritually by providing for you a Bible in a language that you can understand and a plan that you can use. And both of those are at the resource table. And it's only five minutes a day. You see, it's kind of like working out. Some of you spent five hours in your first week working out. And you're like, man, we're going to do this forever. And then as the year goes on, you ain't going to spend five hours. So what you should have done is spent ten minutes at the workout place and then leave. And it's the same way with a spiritual growth plan. It's consistency that you're doing time and time again. Ten minutes, five minutes reading the Bible, five to ten minutes connecting with that. And you will change your life in 2013 like you've never seen growth before. Now for others of you, you've been reading your Bible pretty regularly, maybe not every day, but you're in it every once in a while, and you're like, well, what's my next step? Well, your next step is our baptism class. I mean, it's time for you to get dunked. You know what I mean? 
don't just sit around and float for a while. Jump into the deep end. You know what I mean? And uh, baptism is a class that I'll be teaching on February 10th. And some of you should be a part of that. That's what you saw the transformation come from Jen's life. She learned how to forgive somebody that she could have never forgiven. But she took a step. And some of you need to take that step. Baptism doesn't mean you have it all together. Baptism doesn't mean you're perfect. Baptism is simply a commitment that says, God, as far as I know, I want to follow you and try to obey you the best that I can. And so for some of you, that's what it is. Finally, there are some of you who have accepted Christ, you've been baptized, you're growing spiritually, but you've not made a commitment to Christ's church. I tell people this all the time. You know, there's an image in the Bible of Jesus being the groom and the bride being the church. It's a wedding. And Scripture tells us that when we get to heaven, that the church, the bride, and the groom, Jesus, are going to be united as one. And I think it's so horrible that so many people don't want to get connected to the bride. Can you imagine going to a wedding and you're sitting in the wedding and all of a sudden you like the groom and the bride starts walking down and you get up and you walk out? No, 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 no. We need you plugged in. And our partner class that's coming up in March is that thing. To say, I'm here, I'm in, I'm sticking. You want to use me in some way? Show me what my gifts are. I'll use them for God's glory. So that lives like Bob and Jen are touched and blessed because you chose to step up. Now, we realize, folks, that everyone's going to go at a different pace. There may be some overlapping of what you do. But regardless of where you're at, we want you to determine where you're at in your spiritual growth map. And just take one step, wherever that's at. Take a step towards growing towards God. And don't wait until the spouse does or your friend does. You do it. Whatever step God wants you to take, you take it. So does that sound like a good way to go? Yeah, that's what the first celebration was kind of like, too. Does that sound like a good way to go? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, you need a spiritual growth plan. But Bob and Jen, as they go on their path, they're going to need something else. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to need this on my spiritual journey as well. And it's this. You need a love-based community. You need a loved-based community. I mean, even though people need a personalized spiritual growth plan, um, spiritual growth, folks, is a team sport. You grow best when you're around other people, when you're connecting with them, when you're in community. Now, there's going to be a verse that will come up on the side screen here, and I would like us to read this out loud together. So, on the count of three, we'll all read it out loud together. One, two, three. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's saying that if you want to continue to grow, that if you want to not veer off the course in your spiritual journey, then you're going to need others around you who are going to spur you on in growth. And friends, 
This just blows out the water, this myth that many people uh, will say. People will say this, my faith is a personal thing. My faith is a private thing. And the Bible doesn't say that at all. Have any of you ever heard someone say that before? My faith is a private thing. I do it on my own. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it is a one another thing. It says it right there. It says one another so that we would spur one another on towards good deeds and love. The best physical shape that I was ever in in my life happened when Jennifer and I first moved to Muncie. Uh, my wife came and she did her medical residency to be a family medicine doctor. And some of her colleagues said, Chris, we think we have a blessing for your life. We have something that is really going to get you into shape. It is called a boot camp, a fitness workout boot camp. And I was like, okay, sounds not very great, but I'll try it, you know. And uh, so then they said, well, we meet at 6 o'clock in the morning at the hospital. My meter of excitement went down just like that. Now, for some of you, 6 o'clock in the morning, if you're not up going and flying around, you're like, I've just lost half my day, you know? But for other people, it's like, whoa, I'm, my brain's not even functioning at that point, you know? Well... I was going to seminary, and I'd like to sleep in, so I wasn't ready for all this. And they said, but it would be a blessing. It was more like a punishment, folks, than a blessing. But the next couple of years, three times a week, I would do this. On Mondays, we did ab workouts for 30 minutes long. I'm not kidding you. 30 minutes. Now, a lot of you are like, oh, that doesn't seem very long. Try to do it for two, and then come back and talk to me. 30 minutes. And I mean, you know, you see those pictures sometimes where they airbrush the guy's, you know, uh, abs and the six-pack. It was me. And um, so on Mondays we did that. And then on Wednesdays we did stairs. And I'll never forget the first time they said, we're going to walk up and down the stairs at the hospital six times. I'm like, whoop-dee-doo. You try it. And we would do one step, then two steps, and by the end, you run as hard as you can on the sixth time, all the way up to the tenth floor, and then run back down again. And, I mean, people are passing out on the side. People are throwing up. You're trying to move people out of the way. I never made it to the tenth floor except one time in two years. And then on Fridays, we did plyometrics. You would take these bands and put them around your leg, and you'd walk like this, like an old person. And by the time you were done, you were an old person. Because there was pain and hurt and all kinds of stuff that was there. And the guy who led this, he had great joy of causing pain and spurring me on. Now, a number of years later, I don't work out with those group of people, I'm sure that's shocking to some of you because of my physique and uh, the way I am. But here's the truth. Although I still work out, I don't work out as often, I don't work out as thoroughly, and I don't work out as hard because I don't have a group of people around me spurring me on, encouraging me, holding me accountable to things. 
Folks, there are three love-based communities that happen in the jar, and I want to challenge you today to jump into at least one of them. You don't have to do all three, but one of them to be a part of if you're not already. The first is this, small groups. Small groups is really the way that we grow the most. Bob and Jen and I were talking this week, and they're like, we think that's our next step. We want to be in community with a small group of people. What is a small group? It's not a weird group. It's not a whole bunch of people that are like, hey, let's all hug each other and sing Kumbaya. My Lord, Kumbaya. No. Now, my dad's group might be like that, but don't go to his group. No. It's very normal people who come together for an hour or an hour and a half and they simply try to encourage and grow each other. Sometimes you watch a DVD, sometimes you read a Bible, but you do that together. Six to 15 people who come together and try to do life deeper together. And you grow when you're in groups. And so if you haven't yet, I hope you'll sign up and be a part of that. The second love-based community is our Celebrate Recovery program that meets on Thursdays. And uh, if you have a hurt or a habit or a hang-up that you're struggling with, and we all do, every single person was. Some of us just live in denial for a long time. But if you have something like that, go to CR. If you battle with depression, if you battle with a food addiction, if you battle with a drug addiction, if you're a codependent and you're encouraging people in your family to continue to go down unhealthy lifestyles and you're like, I wish I didn't do that, this is for you. If you struggle with controlling your anger, celebrate recoveries for you because it's the whole purpose to help people to say, don't stay stuck, get unstuck, and let's help that person take steps of growth so that you can be healed and have fullness and abundance of life that God intended. So for some of you, the greatest thing you could do is say, I'm going to check it out on Thursday, 7 o'clock right here at the Y. Finally, for others of you, I know that you have experienced the death of a loved one, someone in your life. And we have a group for you. It's called Grief Share. I know some of you have lost a spouse. Some of you have lost a parent. Some of you have lost a child. Some of you have lost a grandparent. Some of you have lost maybe a family or friend. And this is the thing, folks. When you're grieving, often you think, I can do this on my own. Don't grieve alone. God never intended for you to grieve alone. And so there's a group of people that meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30 at Young's Title. And they meet together and they encourage each other. I just walked by the room because I had a meeting in the same building. And I just walked by the room. And there were about 10 people that were there. And they were just caring for each other. Every single one of them have one thing in common. They've all lost somebody that they love. And how do you put that back together? You can't do it on your own. You need a love-based community around you. Friends, every single person here needs a love-based community to spur one another on in this thing called life because life works best when we do it in community. Friends, the jar can help people. The jar can help people like Bob and Jen. The jar can help people like you. The jar can help people like me on our spiritual journey. 
And we are committed like never before at helping people to grow spiritually, especially a commitment over this next year. But here's what I want you to understand. And I want everyone to get this. The jar cannot do everything. We can't do it all. The church cannot give anyone in a couple hours a week what you need to stay spiritually strong for the 166 hours of the rest of your week. And Bob and Jen, as they've made a personal commitment, you have to make a personal commitment. I have to make a personal commitment. I love the way that the message paraphrase says it so well. It says this, Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Don't you love that? No spiritual flabbiness, please. I don't know if you heard about this story. It happened a couple of years ago. But there was a young kid who was a high school wrestler. And uh, he had never wrestled before, but for his senior year, he decided that he would... uh, go out for the team, and he made the team. And he was actually not very technical, and he didn't know a lot of the moves, but he just had a grit about it. And this guy, who really didn't have much training as a wrestler, he had this grit, and it led him all the way to the state championship. And when he got there, he had to face the state champion from the year before. And... When he got on the mat, it was not going well at all. In fact, it was going really, really bad. In fact, it was going so bad that the coach of this kid who just went out for the team this one year, he was on the side of the mat and he had a stool and he was sitting on his stool and it was going so bad that he just put his hands over his head and started shaking. And he has his hands down there and he just can't bear to watch what's going to happen when all of a sudden the crowd starts cheering uncontrollably. And so the coach has his head down like this and he looks up and he looks at the match and the kid who wasn't the wrestler is about ready to pin the guy who was the state champion the year before. And he gets him down and all of a sudden the ref puts his hand on the mat. Pin! And the coach is over there going, what in the world happened? So he goes over to the kid who had never really wrestled, and he goes, what happened? And he said, well, coach, that guy had me twisted up in a position I'd never been in before. And I'm all like this, and I look out, and the only thing I can see is a big toe in front of me. And so I just put my mouth near that big toe, and I bit it as hard as I could. Kind of the Mike Tyson school of wrestling, I guess. He said, I bit that big toe as hard as I could. And he said, Coach, you would be amazed at what you can do when you bite your own big toe. (laughs) I love that story. Now, friends, spiritually speaking, here's what I've got to ask you. Do some of you, spiritually speaking, need to bite your big toe? 
I mean, I think you would be surprised at how your life would grow if you just, spiritually speaking, bit your big toe. You know, I was thinking about it this week. It's kind of overwhelming, actually, but I've been in pastoral ministry for 19 years. And there are two surprises that have hit me during all this time. One is how much some people really, really change. People like Bob and Jen who just come and they do a 180 and it changes their family and it changes everything. And it's just amazing to me. And I see that change and it, and it lasts forever and you're like, wow. But the second thing that has really surprised me also in this 19 years of ministry is how little some other people have changed. People who followed Jesus for two years or five years or 20 years, and there is just little or no transformation. And it made me wonder, well, what happened? What went wrong? You know, more often than not, folks, it's not the church that failed that person. More often than not, it is simply the fact that that person never made a personal commitment to engage themselves and to grow. You know, for Bob and Jim, one day it hit them that these words just kind of came out of their mouth. Like, I need Jesus Christ, and I need him to change my life. You know, friends, I'll tell you something about Chris Bunch. Chris Bunch needs Jesus Christ. And he needs him to continue to change him. And you need Jesus Christ. And you need him to continue to change you. And today, wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, it doesn't matter. But wherever you're at, God is asking you this morning, would you open yourself up to me? Would you be wide open for me? And whatever that next step is that you have to take, Take it. You see, I want to be a different person next week than I am today. I really do. I want to be a different person a year from now than I am today. And we as a church want to help every single person we can to take next steps so that we all grow and that the boat rises because we all take steps. Let's stand for closing. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for your presence in this place today. And I really do pray, God, that people would say to you, God, 
I want to be different next week, next month, next year than I am today. I need you, God, to change me. And God, there are people in this gym today who need a word from you, a word of encouragement, a word of challenge, a word of hope to to encourage them to make some authentic change in their life. And God, you can do that. I've seen you do it in my life. I've seen you do it in many lives. Father, help each person in this place today to take a next step. Help us to be personally committed to grow towards you. And God, I know that it won't happen unless you show up. So God, I pray right now for every single person in this gym. God, would you show up in their lives this week? And God bless us as a church as we continue to create ways to help people towards personal transformation. God, it's my greatest desire for your name to be made great and for lives around me to be transformed through your amazing love. And God, I pray that as a church, we would do that in amazing ways in 2013. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. If you'd like prayer, come up for prayer. And if you're new today, go ahead and get you a bag, gift bag.